Fox Cats. Fox Cats. Fox Cats. Fox Cats. Hello and welcome to Fox Cats episode <laughs> 233. I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm always waiting for you to say that you're ready. I'm just assuming that you're doing something. Are you doing something? I'm ready. Ready to go at a moment's notice. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, he has a smile on his face like the cat that ate the last gyoza. <laughs> All the way from Tokyo, Japan, it's John Richards. Konnichiwa, listener. And, oh, you've changed your language and everything. <laughs> it's uncanny, isn't it? And to my right, he has been as far as Hampton in Victoria over the weekend. It is Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. I'm assuming. I'm assuming you went at that far, at least. Uh, yes. It's. I was just trying to think where I did go. Did you, Did you make it all the way to Southland? Brett doesn't know. No, sometimes. not all the way to Southland. I did make it to uh, to the comedy at the SB, which is an SB comedy. It's not and, called uh, SB comedy. And what a what an experience that was. Oh, was it not not a good experience? Well, I, I a- did get to chat with Brett Oaks and and uh, Lawrence Moody. About their experiences. Right. It's a fun night. Right. Yeah. Harvey Picard's trying to uh, grab your attention. Oh, yeah. really? That he's was to have some friends. I know. I know. I know. Because he's been dead. Because he's been dead for a week. <laughs> Where's he going? Is he on the floor? <laughs> no, no. He no. just walked away. Um, really? Really? Harvey <laughs> Picard. Those on, on the video podcast will be yeah, think of things like the so ring at this point. <laughs> yeah, I know. But there is no uh, I didn't video think podcast. Harvey Picard was that heavy. Uh, yeah. Anyway, hi. Yeah. On hi. today's show... Hi, Paulie, if you're listening. <laughs> on today's show, we have uh, a discussion of the uh, Channel 10 telemovie Hawk, which was... Uh, the follow-up to Sparrow. No. Peacock. Yes. <laughs> Robin's Nest. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> Bird-related. Yeah. Good one. Good one. Uh, it's obviously about... Uh, about uh, Bob Hawke, the Prime Minister of Australia. Robert James Lee Hawke. Sure. Full name. Or him. Uh, so we've got a review of that with Declan Fay coming in to uh, to talk about it because uh, only one and a half of us saw it. And we thought Declan could add a little bit. He actually did some preparation. Mm. Yeah, actually, can I take this moment? Because uh, as we said before, I didn't even realise I was doing tonight's show because I've been in Japan for a week and the only TV I've watched was 15 Minutes of Fugitive Lawyer. Uh, but I, I have brought so, gifts. So, so is Fugitive Lawyer about a man on the run who represents clients in court? Pretty much. So, 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 so why don't so the he's, cops just he's turn a up fugitive. in court? I, 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 look, I've actually written down. I've written down the actual. I, I will read you the plot description. Is it in English? Oh, would you do this now? Do you want to have a special? Uh, a, a special. I'll, I'll tell you later. I'll tell you later. Fugitive Lawyer. I'll, I'll give you gifts. So I have some gifts <gasps> for gifts? you. Now you, you're going to have to share these out. You get one big one and one little one each. As, they haven't got trans fats, have they? As, um, God, who knows? Like the last time you tried to poison us. <laughs> <laughs> Is it hentai? Now these, these are uh, fans of the Kit Kat. Fans of the Japanese Kit Kat. I am a fan of the Kit Kat. Are you a fan of Japanese Kit Kats? Oh, no, no, Sorry. I'm just a fan of the Kit Kat. Okay, now, uh, Japanese Kit Kats come in many, many flavours. Many, many, <laughs> many flavours. Now, these are the ones I managed to find. This one, uh, I'm holding up for the video podcast. This is a video viewers. podcast. Mm. Um, Hold it up to the camera there. 
Don't, it, this turns out to have two, two little packs in it. One is a lemonade-flavoured Kit Kat. One is a cola-flavoured Kit Kat. <gasps> um, and but they're chocolate? So, yeah. yeah. You, have to, you have to decide because so I you, can't... Cola, chocolate, you and cola, cola lemonade. This one's bitter almond Kit Kats. That's the taste of cyanide <laughs> in a chocolate bar. <laughs> that, one, that one's very good. And then a mini Kit Kat for each of you two. Again, you'll have to argue. That's your standard green tea Kit Kat there. Wow. And that one is, of course... Um, aloe vera yogurt Kit Kat. I know that because I looked it up on a website about Japanese Kit Kats because I couldn't work out what the hell that was. Uh, and then later in the I'm show... I'm actually aloe vera yogurt and lemonade. <laughs> but you boys have oh. to fight it. You have to fight through. And later um, in the show, I'm hoping... What, that, what, what, do you, what do you want? <laughs> what do you want? No, wait. No, we've got to do this now. <laughs> what do you want, Brad? I was thinking the same thing. So maybe, oh, really? Maybe we should. Uh, oh, because then I, well, I'll, go, I'll go green tea. I'll go green tea. They do come okay. in two fingers. There are two fingers, and in, in, you could share. You could try that's, them as a show. That's goes what on. she's. There. Have yeah. you got space for two fingers? <laughs> and this one, I, I wanted to try actually on air a little bit later on because I haven't tried this one yet. This is, of course, your this, wasabi Kit Kat. Is it wasabi pea or just straight wasabi? I think it's straight wasabi. Wasabi flavored Kit Kat. Like, All right. Like, well, that's. That's for pork, definitely. Yeah, in pork, we'll give that one a go. That's great. Oh, pork with wasabi. Well, thank you, thank you for bringing those. As long as we've got the applesauce to counteract it. I did try to find something TV or, related, but apart sh- from, or should I say, arigato gazimus? <laughs> did you look that up? She's that Italian singer. <laughs> she won Eurovision in 1986. Uh, so, uh, so, so we've got that. We've got an interview that we did uh, last week when uh, Nelly Thomas was in uh, with. Uh, Del and I'm struggling to find her surname. Delhi, uh, Delhi, a psychologist uh, about we can't, uh, we can't the, show her face on we can't sh- the we video can't podcast no because she's the doctor. Uh, that's uh, that's that's coming up later. It's, it's, I, I'm all thrown now because of the Kit Kat. I had everything. What's you talking about? See. What's coming up later in the show? You know what? You'll hear it. Let's kick things off <laughs> with the Box Cutters News. And now for the news. Kit Kat? Yum. Deli Baker is her name, by the way. I found my notes. Deli Baker. She's a psychologist. She makes lovely melon <laughs> bread. I was thinking, yeah, Deli Baker just is like a place we should be going to. I know. I know. That's where I want to go, to eat my Kit Kat. <laughs> Brett Cropley, you have some, uh, s- some important news that doesn't relate to the election. No. It doesn't at all, um, and uh, and you know is is uh, obviously the most important thing that us box cutters uh, have come across in the news this week because Channel Nine have dumped Wimbledon. They have not yes. uh, put in for the to continue on with the televisual rights That's to odd, present isn't thus. It? Well, it seemed fairly fairly clear that uh, they didn't think much of Wimbledon when they uh, went back to the the uh, cricket match that meant nothing. Uh, in in was it Pakistan playing in Lords? Yeah, it I was think supposed so. to be a Pakistan home match. Um, I thought it nobody nobody well, actually though. cared what the result of that uh, that test match was, uh, but everybody was trying to see Wimbledon, and uh, Channel Nine just said, "Nah, 
Cricket. So hang on, so cricket is, doesn't count for anything is, is more important than uh, a Grand Slam tennis tournament. But like you were saying, the tennis is popular. People like watching mm. it. I think it rates quite well. So basically yep. this is a TV station that doesn't want to play the thing that rates quite well. Yeah. Is it, is it expensive yeah. to Although, put on? Uh, or is well, it? when you say rates well, I'm right. not I sure mean, does it, it does or? rate massively well unless there is an Australian uh, that's getting towards the finals there. And we haven't seen one of those for a few years, have we? Uh, I'm surprised. No. I thought it was. Yeah, I, I assumed it was popular from from you know from the word on the street, little kids. Yeah. You know, well, kids I mean, it's, a, it's an important tournament mm-hmm. uh, on a world level, um, but I don't know. Maybe maybe people are, are just poo pooing tennis these so days. Where would we Especially that to lawn go, tennis. Where, where, maybe else? maybe it's it's a, a, a casualty of the drought. People people resent uh, England's over over abundance of water and being able to water their lawn. Tennis courts, right? So, so Roland Garros will be fine. It's clay because it's clay. Mm-hmm. Even though you have to water clay, most people don't realize. Well, that. just to keep the dust down. Yeah, yeah. You still have to water it. You still have to, you know, just put water the dust in down. Clay just so people can play tennis. That's what they do at Meredith. It's more mud, isn't it? Yeah, that's, that's really that's a mud court. That's, that's a mud court. <laughs> <laughs> have you been to the one up on the top of the hill? Which is like, if, no, if I was not the one in the mosh pit. If oh, I was that, a judge, that always gets money. <laughs> you, can, you can barely it, see the lines by the end of the weekend. If I was a judge, I would preside over mud court. <laughs> anyway, what else? Um, so we, we, got a, we got a letter in from a, from a listener uh, earlier today, actually, uh, with regards to the whole Wimbledon uh, debacle on, on Channel 9. And, mm-hmm. uh, the, and just saying how much, how, how angry... He is that they've just decided to get rid of it. Channel Nine do talk a lot about their commitment to the tennis, their commitment to the cricket, their commitment to free to air sport in general. Was this was this a note saying that uh, we've seen a lot of ads on Channel Nine from them saying keep sport free, don't allow it to be siphoned off to uh, pay TV? Yes, I think it's the same ads that we've seen on One HD as well. Is there just one version of that ad done by Sandy Roberts that goes over all the the networks, they or just, they just is drop, there a Channel a Nine in. one that I, I've never seen? Uh, I don't. Well, no, Sandy. Sandy's not specific about what network. They just keep keep sports available for, for I've people seen, that don't oh, pay okay. for their TV. No, I've seen I've seen one with Channel Ten personalities as well. Yep. Maybe uh, you watch one digital. I don't. Yeah. So because uh, that's what the baseball is. Yes. So uh, yeah, on one they've they've got those ads as well. This whole keep sport free thing uh, is great if people are going to use the sport, uh, but you know we get back into the whole anti siphoning. Uh, just being nothing but a corrupt bunch of ass, and then you get uh, subscription TV apologists who who, who come up with with uh, basically the the furphy of oh well you pay for it on on free to air TV anyway because you watch the ads they have ads on subscription TV as well. I, wanna, I, wanna, and, I wanted to ask you, you don't actually have to to fork out a monthly payment. I wanted so. to ask you about this, Brett, because a you don't like watching sport on TV. No. Uh, why is it important to you that sport is on free to air television? It's not important to me, but I think it's important to the masses. And I think that why? Because, well, because I it's it's a very complicated thing, and and perhaps I should explore this in in a piece on the blog, um, but. 
I, I think that we don't have enough competition in Australia for subscription TV because we don't have the market and we never will have the market, I don't think. And so I don't think that you can give it to what is essentially a monopoly organisation um, and that, that are free to charge whatever they want to charge for their subscription TV. And you know we've seen we've seen raise we've seen rises in in the amount that people have to pay for subscriptions for subscription TV over the last few years that have been well ahead of CPI. Would you say you, you've been yeah, the yeah. subscriber uh, along I, the way? Uh, I've gotten rid of a, a lot of my uh, Foxtel package, uh, and boy, did that hurt! Hey, hey. And it's interesting because, like the, the comedy channel, <laughs> the comedy channel have dropped their Tonight shows, for for example. Yes, yes so they have. Why are people still paying to watch the comedy channel? And this this is this is something that I don't understand. But uh, but I I believe that uh, if people want to watch sport, then they should uh, they should watch sport wherever they they get it. If you want to watch uh, if you want to watch movies without ads. Mm-hmm. You have to get Showtime if that's if that's what you want to do. Fair enough, and that's uh, okay. Uh, why isn't that okay with sport? Well, because uh, because uh, people be, well, it's it's a lot more part of the culture. It's not it's not a luxury taking part in culture or the the, the culture of the arts, but it is actually so. So if we're talking about getting rid of the the anti siphoning list, full stop then that could very easily lead to all AFL matches not being available on free-to-air TV. And, and, and it's the people, of, it's the masses, the, and especially the, the, the down-at-heel ones or the, the less well-off ones that will probably take more of a hit on that because but they can't any, afford to, to pay that subscription every month. And any it, sporting it actually event. means a lot more to them than it does to a lot of other people. Any sporting event that I want to see that is on subscription television, and a lot of it that is only pay-per-view television as well, I can see by going down to my local pub. Uh, well, I'm not sure about that as an environment and, and what it... Uh, it's it's a bit like... it's. Uh, it's a bit like saying, "Ah, oh, go and go and sit around the pokies and and see." Well, there that, are, there that, are no, there are no, pokies, there are no pokies at my local pub, but they do have well, no, but, three you know, screens of sport. We, we, there are there are levels of of issues of alcoholism in this community. Yeah, but I don't I don't drink. I go there, I have a lemon squash, and I watch the boxing. Yeah, but some people they're they're put into temptation and. It's difficult. Yeah, but uh, what I'm saying is that there are... But, like, the, there boxing, are ways, the and, boxing has never been and I part that, of, of the culture and of I Australia. Do, and I do that, and I engage with other people, and I am more part of a culture than sitting at home watching the sport on my own. So the box is, a, is, is an unusual one. Yeah, but people do that with football as well, and they did that with soccer during the World Cup, which was available on free-to-air television. People do that generally as a rule, and they're taking part in... Uh, uh, in a group scenario, uh, and coming together to watch something well, so together. There's, there's, there's Muslims. <laughs> you know, people. Uh, Hindus. I, I, I don't understand where she's going. People. I don't know. Muslims. Ah, where? Ah, what's ah, going on? You're beaten now. 
People, people who, th- people Muslim, who, Muslim trumps your pubs. <laughs> people who, for cultural or religious oh, reasons, okay. aren't allowed to be in that kind of environment. Are you just saying no? Too bad you don't get to see your boxing. Uh, you don't get to to participate in uh, enjoying the World Cup. Well, uh, again, there's do, nothing do. that says that they that they can't. Okay, go. so they're poor Muslims. The World Cup, though, in previous years has mostly been on pay TVs and stuff. No, the World, World, so, Cup, no, World, Cup, World yeah. Cup has always been on free to On SBS? Okay. Because, yeah. again, I mean, the World Cup, the only business I've ever watched were at, at like, cafes, like, you know, that, that held special screenings. So, yeah. That probably would have been on SBS. Presumably, yeah, I don't know. But I just went to, to there because it was the experience of watching I just, in the group. I just don't think that uh, that you can say, oh, well, it's okay for sport, but it's not okay for every other part of culture. So what's okay for sport? That that it's okay to have this anti-siphoning law where uh, where sport gets to be on free-to-air television, but nothing else that is part of the culture has that same... Uh, has that same level of concern by the government. I what think, else is subscription TV trying to suck out of uh, the free spectrum uh, for people to, to, first run, to watch? First run TV shows. Movies well, they're, they're, for a while. They're, movies. Movies. they're producing that or, or their they're, they're brother and sister organisations overseas are producing that. So, so they've got a, a relationship there. Yeah, what, what's I don't understand how sport belongs to the people. Well, sport, 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 sport is very, also very time critical. Sport hasn't belonged to the people in Australia for for a very long time. Well, it's that whole thing about sports more important than religion in in the Australian life, right? So then, why are we caring about the Muslims not being able to go into into pubs to watch boxing? To watch boxing. Which they well, love. See, I, I don't yeah. particularly care about sport at all. But but I, thought, I, thought you say, I don't particularly care about Muslims. <laughs> yeah. But it is, uh, it is those those mass culturally important things. Yeah, when when you have Pakistan versus I Ar- just, Iran in in the cricket, are you saying that surely surely uh, the the audience for that would be would have quite a, a large uh, fraction of of Muslim viewers. Yeah, but that doesn't uh, who, that who doesn't appear on free to air television. India Pakistan doesn't appear on free to air television it? here. No, no, it doesn't. Because there's no Australians in it, so why would they care? Only Australian matches appear on free to air television. So, so why are Channel Nine putting some crap cricket match on and and that was Australia? The... That was Australia Pakistan. But it still meant nothing. It's still, I don't know if it meant anything or or not. I think it was That's... pretty much what they would call on tennis a dead rubber. Right. So. I don't know why Channel Nine are doing that, other than uh, cricket rates better for them than Grand Slam tennis. For me, for me, the the real issue is that once subscription TV gets its its hooks into all of the the major culturally important sporting events, then they they have carte blanche to be able to up their their charges. Um, because it is essentially a monopoly that they have. But in theory, though, you could also and that's, say... And that's because the Australian population won't sustain more uh, companies that provide it. And there, not, there are infrastructure issues around it as well. Not, not if we have this whole sustainable population thing that's just... Well, so you, could, you could argue, though, that if the, if the pay TV people were competing with the sevens and nines and people, then there's more money going to the sport. You know, they, can, they can bid the price of... Because obviously they have to pay... The sport to actually you know, broadcast them. They yeah. don't just, you know, they just so sneak in with a handy camera and film it. I'm losing you where you're coming from there. Well, I'm saying it's better for the sport because they get more money. 
and it's actually better for the TV stations because they get more money and can therefore make more product. So, in fact, you could say that having so, so you're saying, the you're saying that, 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 that just gouging, gouging the viewer at home is good for well, it's everybody. Not gouging, else. It's a sport. I mean, well, it's, yeah, they can buy it like everything else. Well, you know, so you, you rent know what, a film, it, you're, you're dismissive you watch a TV costs, show. It costs money of to the go to the game. Sport in this country. I just I don't think, see what you, sports. You say it's just sport. Well, I don't see what sport but gets to special. a lot of people, to, to the people that watch Hey Has that day, to a lot of those suburbanites. So to a falling number of people every week. <laughs> and falling well, less only, and less people every week. Only because of MasterChef, really. Master, MasterChef should be on free-to-air television. It I think is. if MasterChef ever went off free-to-air television, there, there should be an, up, a, a, an outcry. I'm well, saying, well, then they wouldn't have anywhere near as, as much. It'd be tiny. It'd, yeah. it'd be tiny. I think, uh, I, I think there is a limit to the amount of sport that, uh, that subscription television can get. And, uh, and if if they can only get the football, or if they, you know, they'll spend a certain amount of money, and then other sports will become popular because they'll be the ones that will be on mm. free to air television. This is the thing. In theory, everyone could win out of this. That's what I'm saying, properly. No, because you, you're never going to you're never going to get man on the street ends up having to pay more. No, the man on the street only ends up having to pay more to pay. if they're abso- if they absolutely have to see their Carlton game every week. But they could choose to watch another kind of, you know, they could choose to watch VFL, sport. for example. The sporting, well, you know, not, not if they're to follow money. the tradition of maybe generations of bombers supporters or whatever. Yeah, so but, but, both of you, both of you are dismissing all of this stuff. I, I, no, I, I, I see think, it in your eyes, Josh, and, and John's I'm, I'm just not, said it out I'm right. not. I'm not dismissing it. I'm not a sports fan. Think, You're a I much just, bigger sports fan than I am. And I and I but, think the anti-siphoning laws are a crock of shit. I think uh, you, you know don't, I d- you don't see the problem of Foxtel having control over over those massively important sports of this country and being able to charge whatever they want to make for anybody to be able to watch them. No, really, no. because there will be a limit at which people will no longer pay, so, and so they will have to charge more. Or we've we have seen that justification yeah, for so putting up prices from yeah, Foxtel so in the past. So they'll charge more and they'll get less viewers. Uh, people will eventually make a choice. I, you know, I don't think that a large price... And in price, the process, we lose that, sport that, from this culture? No, we don't lose sport from this culture. Well, if nobody's other watching sport, it, then... Other sport takes its place on free-to-air television. No, that's we not going to happen. We that's end up with look other at, codes. Look at how jealously the AFL have protected their fr- their, 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 their look at brand what happened. With, whenever it's, look whenever at what it's happened with threatened cricket. by the World Cup, whenever it's threatened look by the World Cup. Look at what happened game, with cricket in the all, 1970s. Ew, it's all girls and they fall over and they put it on and blah, 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 and it's such a poof the game, blah, blah, blah. Look at what happened with cricket in the 1970s. 70s. 80s? The, World Series? Late 70s. Okay. The, the, the ABC always had the rights to, to the cricket. Mm-hmm. Channel 9 wanted the rights to the cricket. Kerry Packer created a new series of cricket, paid the players to come and play on his channel. Mm-hmm. We ended up with some fantastic one-day Television matches, and the where's the one-day cricket these days? It's dead. It's been People replaced by it's, it's been replaced. Dead. It's been replaced 2020. by 2020, yeah. which is exactly the same thing. Has been taken up by television. It's a much better game for television, and it's actually changed the way that we watch cricket. 
and and I haven't looked into this, but I suspect that it means that uh, they still charge the same amount on admission prices and and all that sort of stuff for less than half of of the actual production, don't they? I don't know. I don't know what they charge for for entry. We're not talking about entry into the. Uh, entry into the ground. But We're also, talking about also, on television. Also, if people were having and to on, subscribe to Foxtel to, to be able to watch that if they wanted to partake in their culture, then they would be paying the same price for half, less than half the amount of content. Uh, no, 2020 uh, from, from one day match. That, uh, that, from, that I don't understand. Foxtel would have the, per- the perfect right under that same kind of scenario, would have the perfect right to create their own game and show their own game. Well, they can. They could create their own Aussie Rules League. Why don't they do that? Well, I'm saying changes to, to the way we, we control sport on television can be good for the sport. It was good for cricket. It continues to be good for Not cricket. Not to go to subscription TV. I, I think you... I think you you've, You've got a bent against subscription TV. Oh, that just, yes, I do. I do. I think it's I that think, just doesn't. I think it's outrageous that they keep on upping the price uh, for subscribers on so on, you, on, a, taking... on, a, on a never reducing number of channels and uh, at a level that uh, is is far ahead of the CPI. You're taking and commercial logic out more and more of and more lobbying for we have to we have to have uh, pure pure commercial freedom to be able to take anything from free to air TV and put it behind our subscriber paywall. You're taking commercial logic out of uh, a, an otherwise purely commercial argument and uh, and Which bit? the the bit where. Uh, the bit where companies are fine to do that as long as they don't charge people for it. That's that's what I don't understand. Also, aren't we just saying that they're able to bid for it? I mean, Channel 9 can still bid more money. Yes. Yes, they can. Like, yeah, we're not saying they, they will get it. We're just saying that they have the right to bid more for it. And the sport itself, therefore, has the opportunity to make more money, which I'm sure the sport would like to do. You know who would be great to talk about this? Senator Stephen Conroy, uh, who uh, is up for re-election in the uh, in, in the coming up in the coming up election, if uh, if Senator Conroy wants to come on and talk to us about the anti-siphoning laws, Josh, it will be a cold day in hell. Seriously, <laughs> we we were trying to get him before when he was still opposition spokesperson for for media, and and we couldn't. We couldn't get anybody in his office to, to return an email or a phone call. How are we possibly going to get him now that he's so important and, and you know, skiing uh, with his uh, media mogul buddies I just to, uh, th- I just to think get he's, back uh, to, to box cutters? I just think he's, he's up for re-election and, uh, and I also think the people of Australia may want to do the uh, – so the people of Victoria may want to do the – People who arrested Australia. Think, uh, I think over the last, uh, I, I think over the last term of this government, we've seen the arrogance of the uh, minister for communications. I'd like to hear. I, I still would like to hear him explain the anti-siphoning laws, and that is the very lengthy box cutters news. Are you one of those that follows? Follows the Hello, this is Ricardo Montalban. Get me a jury and show me how you can say in July and I'll go down on you. John, you wouldn't be aware of this because you've been in Japan. Hi. <laughs> and hi. Hi. <laughs> hi. 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 I, I could have a whole sentence there going, uh, Sibimusen. Gojira, 
Which is the where? Where is Godzilla? No, it was, it was excuse me, Godzilla, because <laughs> I, I, I was trying to find the Godzilla statue and not knowing the word statue. All I knew was excuse me, Godzilla. Excuse me, Godzilla. That led to some confusion. <laughs> you didn't know the Japanese for where is? Like, no, no. You go Italy and dove. Yeah, no. Dove piazza. Dove pizza. Mothra. I had nothing. And then, and then I just had three men constantly looking at each other, going Gojira, 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 Gojira. Yeah, no. Thinking we thought he was fictional, and then one of them suddenly went, Ah, oh, Gojira, and pointed me over to where Gojira was. You shouldn't have looked so scared. <laughs> but you know, if a Japanese man came up to you and said, "Excuse me, Godzilla." <laughs> You, you would have the same response. Shawarma. Yes. <laughs> no, fast <laughs> fictions. Uh, the, uh, so you, you wouldn't be aware, but there's a new TAC ad uh, running in Victoria where they feature a real family uh, and real friends of a, uh, a 19-year-old boy who died while uh, hoon driving. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and basically it's, it's this very emotional take on how it has how his death his very sudden death has affected his family and his friends and this is a, a pictures uh, of you style yes get your weeping yes get people get yep. your weeping uh stop your hooning that's the uh that's the aim so last week when nelly was in we spoke to uh deli baker who is a psychologist and we wanted to to get an understanding of how this sort of uh how, how this sort of advertising affects the viewers. And so we, we started off by uh, asking her what the ethics of using real people in their ads is. Look, I don't think anyone could argue that TAC don't have a responsibility to educate the public about, you know, the risk and all that. I'm fine with that. I just, I think they might have overstepped the mark in terms of, in my line of work, we say first do no harm. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure that a lot of the TAC ads that I have seen, and I can't say I've seen this one, but, you know, I really can't find that they meet that burden, that, that, that standard of do no harm. Mm. I'm really worried about the, what I call vicarious traumatisation or secondary trauma. Well, and that's interesting, Dali, isn't it? Because there's there's two potentially... Um, traumatizing effects. One is if you have lost a loved one in a car accident, which you know many, many, many viewers will have. Mm-hmm. That could re-traumatize them. The second one is I wonder. Let's say, and I don't know what the figures are because I couldn't find them today. But let's say most people watch an average of one or two hours of TV. I think you see a number of these ads every day. Plus, you might watch the news. Plus, you might watch a sad show. Like, what is the cumulative effect on our mental health of watching? And engaging with so much sadness. Yeah, definitely. The you know the anger, the fear, the powerlessness and helplessness. We're really bombarded. And like, I don't know if you know this uh, system called the limbic system, but it's basically at our very basic um, instinctive survival mechanism, and it's comprised of elements like the hippocampus and the hypothalamus and the adrenal gland. And this is basically the system by which we perceive um, these sorts of things and I say as a psychologist there's only so much that I can witness Mm. because I'm obviously getting a fair bit quantity wise of emotion and trauma every day but I have to be really mindful myself about watching these kinds of ads because I'm at risk of being sort of overwhelmed 
And in a sense, I'm an exposed to trauma person. So I've got mm. a potentially a protective factor. But I think everyone's limbic system is different. And if the limbic system is overwhelmed, then you've actually created a trauma. So it can actually have a physical effect on people. And is yes. that effect just for people who are, you know, prone to depression or anxiety? Or is that effect, you know, potentially going to occur for anybody watching? My view about that is that even tough guys, even people that say, I'm tough, these things don't bother me. People like Josh. And George Smilovich. Yeah. Mm. I actually don't think anyone particularly is immune. Maybe I might psychopaths or, you know, people that aren't actually have a fully functioning limbic system or, mm. or something like that mightn't be, you know, impacted. Mm. But I don't think anyone is particularly immune. But what bothers me is that people that do have vulnerabilities, such as, you know, they think the world's not safe, they're already scared shitless. Whoops, sorry, can I say that on tape? Yeah, absolutely. Um, mm. You know, they already have <laughs> fears, vulnerabilities and mm. a lack of resilience. They are actually the people most at risk from this advertising campaign. Mm. And then I don't want to go into, you know, all the fear-mongering about kids watching TV and all sort of that sort of stuff because I find it tiresome. But in the context of this, um, surely kids haven't developed necessarily that kind of resilience if they're seeing these kinds of things? Absolutely. They are the exact kind of vulnerable and that we're talking about. Mm. But but how does it... Because obviously the aim of the ads is to make people think twice before they engage in this sort of behaviour. Yeah, mm. so, so they want the fear. They mm. want the, oh my God, that's so sad and it would be so sad for my family mm. if I uh, died in a drag racing accident. Mm. Well, the idea comes to my mind that the same people that watch these ads and are very concerned about them are the same people that you know, operate vehicles lawfully and cautiously mm. and that they're missing their target because the people that drive recklessly and lawlessly scoff and don't take these ads seriously. So, so you're saying that the people who aren't affected by the ads because they have uh, a limbic system that reacts differently to what we would consider a normal, uh, normal activity... Which might be like sociopaths or even, say, for example, young men where it's not fully developed. Pe- people it, who... who are inclined to take risks. Yeah. Yeah, potentially. I mean, um, we, we can't... Let's not overgeneralise, but these are sort of... Why, Deli? Why? This is, this is what we do. <laughs> yeah. Everybody loves television and hoon racing. <laughs> well, let me be the voice of reason. I'm only talking about factors, you know, risk factors, protective factors, and, you know, the suggestion rather than sheer fact of, mm. you know... And do you see people in your work, I mean, even if they're not, like they don't come in saying, oh, the TAC ad made me sad, do you, is it a fair assumption that you see people in your work who are affected by, for want of a better description, sadness on television? Oh, absolutely. And I actually, uh, people probably accuse me of soapboxing. I have quite a spiel, particularly since September 11. Mm. I mean, as a, I've always been aware of the potential for TV, particularly with its ability to zoom in and accent mm. and using lighting and, you know, graphic sensationalism and so on. I've always been mindful of that danger. Mm. But I think September 11 really, I don't know, just flipped everything over for me. I just became super aware mm. of the abuse of that medium. And, I, you know, I don't know about you, but I watched that footage about, I don't know, probably 16 times before I thought, oh, hell, 
switch it off, you know. Mm. I'm just absorbing this mm. and I don't need to. Um, season four of The Wire. I know you haven't seen The Wire, Jelly, but season four of The Wire. I couldn't watch that again. No. I really no. couldn't watch that again. It was just too sad for me. It really was. I mean, and you know how much I love The Wire. But there's certain times you have to go, line in the sand, that is too much for me. You know, a lot of people don't have that capacity, though, Nelly. That's the mm. problem. They actually just sit there like a ghoul absorbing it. And mm. if ever I get a chance, I sort of say to people, switch it off. Listen mm. to yourself. The messages are there. You're just not paying attention. No. Nope. You're being traumatised, overwhelmed, shocked. You you know, angry, afraid or powerless. Mm. Um, I've had to, you know, delete a lot of media and certainly quantities and types of media from my existence because I just can't do that plus what I do day to day. Mm. Because I don't have a body double. I don't have a stand-in, someone with a fresh limbic system who can, you know, process all just of this it. emotional material and, you know, get through the day. Now, Deli, my, my feeling on this is that the TAC have gone there because they're really having troubles getting through to that Gen Y uh, kind of new new driver, whether whether they're male or female. Uh, so many of them seem to, to have this attitude of being bulletproof and, and all of the messages that are going out apply to other people because they're not the bad drivers. They're not the ones that, that bad stuff ever happens to. How... how to the TAC, do you think, from from a psychological kind of point of view, get through to the Gen Ys? You know, I think if I could answer that question, I'd be in marketing. I'd probably mm. earning more money. Um, I think the TAC run the kinds of ads they do because of research. I think the research has shown that people pay attention to this kind of advertising. But I guess what I'm saying as a psychologist, that don't make it right. You know, it mm. makes it... Um, potentially harmful and I suspect again I don't want to labor this point I think their target market isn't who they're striking at and I do use that term mm. on purpose because the genuines aren't watching telly anyway they're always especially not the ads they're all on mm. YouTube but all you the said time. it yourself is it Brett sorry yeah mm. they're bulletproof mm. Make them drive Hyundai Getzes. That's the only way. That is the only way. Those those cars they they can't they can't, can't go bang it. they can't go uphill and they can't go straight. Exactly. Like they, they've just got downhill. That's all, right, all they've got. You got your peas. You can have a Honda Getz or a Nimbus. That's it. Oh. Yeah. That's a good strategy. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't know how you get past it. I mean, that's a time immemorial problem, isn't it? Like young people, particularly with driving young men, like how do you get through to a 17, 18-year-old that if exactly. they go fast, they might yeah. die? At their developmental level, it comes with the hormones and mm. the peak strength and so on and that sort of fundamental assumption that they are bulletproof mm. and those ads aren't talking about me. And with my hormones, I can't stand seeing their mama crying. I just <laughs> I can't, I can't do it. Well, Deli Baker, thank you so much yeah. for, for joining us on, on Box Cutters and this special I Don't Buy It. Uh, you are a psychologist, so you speak with authority. Well, let's hope so. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Thanks Deli. Welcome, guys. Have a good night. Thank, thank you. See ya. Hi there, I'm Miff Warhurst. That's better than I could do it. And I'm from Spicks and Specs, and you are listening to Box Cutters. Say that, guys. Box Cutters. Box Cutters. <laughs> <laughs> last Monday, no, Sunday, last Sunday night, I've got all my days confused. Last Sunday night, uh, we, uh, we, we could have borne witness to uh, one of the greatest television events 
to ever hit Australia. Really? Unfortunately, all that was on was Hawk on Channel 10. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see what I did there? That's yeah. nice. See? Yeah. See? See yeah. what I did there? Uh, I got through half of it. Brett, you got through all of it. Yep. John, you were... Oh, sorry, I'm in Japan. <laughs> it was. It, I was going to say it wasn't deliberate. It was deliberate. I was deliberately in Japan. You were deliberately in Japan to, just, avoid, just to avoid watching Hawk. Hawk. Yeah. So, uh, because, you know, only... Only one and a half of us having seen it. So it's, it's not really a good enough discussion. But we've called in the big guns. Declan Fay of The Sweetest Plum Podcast, formerly of other stuff that people may have heard of, but psh, when I pinch, whatever. Yeah. Right. It's, it's The Sweetest Plum Podcast. It's it, is really... the, it is The Sweetest Plum Podcast. We're, we're all part of the critically acclaimed podcast family together. We, we are podcast brothers and sisters. That's Once we right. get big enough, we just kind of meld. It's, it's like as you get water droplets, condensation. <laughs> just go, I thought it might have been more like negative magnets just forcing each other away. <laughs> so w- welcome to uh, Box Cutters. This is this your first time on, on It Box is. Cutters? I'm a Box Cutters virgin, actually. I'm very excited about this. We're very, no time we're very glad the first time attender. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Because <laughs> every listener does eventually end up as a guest. It's that's, a weird yeah. thing. <laughs> if they want to live. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's how it works. So you watched Hawk on I, Sunday night. I did, and you, I and you watched all of it. I did watch all of it, and I even watched the interview afterwards. Uh, I really, I genuinely liked Hawk. I went in with no cynicism. I wasn't there to bag it. I went. I want to enjoy this so much so that I was in Tasmania and actually made my flight earlier to make sure that I would get back in time to watch Hawk, and I did. But it's I, I, the ads during the week had been, I thought, like really great. Like it was those sort of ads where you thought, I have to watch this. This is going to be awesome. But from very early on, the signs weren't good. Like when they said, warning, there will be a sex scene in this show. <laughs> I mean, on one hand, it was good because it gave you a chance to take anti-nausea tablets. But on the other hand, I would be genuinely interested to see how many people tuned out at that exact moment. So was it, was it the pasty body of, of the hawk uh, lookalike? That, yeah. that was nauseating or the, oh, just the, the poorly uh, emulated I, I just act. think any visual image of Bob Hawke having sex is, uh, is, something, is something that's going to turn people off. Cause do, do you remember the, the photos that came out uh, of him and Blanche oh, in, their, in the bed together yeah, with the, with the, yes. the, the dressing gowns they on? They did a 60 Minutes interview they in did. the dressing gowns, yeah. the fluffy white dressing gowns. They, but were, they, also, they were like the John and Yoko they, Australian. They, they got out of their fluffy white dressing gowns for two years after Hawk left politics. But old people, they do go a bit weird about sex, I reckon. Like my granddad went a bit, he, he got to sort of about 80 and the thing in his brain that went, you know, be a nice Catholic sort of old man just broke and he was talking about rooting and who was I having sex with and I think that happened to Bob and Blanche. They repressed it so long that now they just want to put it out there for everybody to see. I do love that too with a, a, a drama about Hawk. If it says a sex scene, yeah. like you know which one it's going to be. Yeah, exactly. It's not like there's a selection. Well, it was fingers crossed. Please don't be a John Howard Jeanette sex scene. <laughs> but it so it never happened. Well, exactly. It'd just be John Howard just making love to a picture of himself. <laughs> but the I actually the first I'd say ten fifteen minutes I actually really enjoyed it. Like I still felt excited about it. It was the it was shot really well. They had like the costumes are really great. Like you. You can tell that the production assistants have just raided op shops. Yellow was, shirts under brown jackets. Yellow, the, the, a lot of brown jackets, a lot of powder blue. 
I noticed as well, and um, a lot, just a lot of great old sort of those old suits that you see hanging in op shops. So, and I assumed it wasn't the actual Australia jacket from the uh, oh, America's Cup, that, but that, that is been... that is in a museum. Like they still have that jacket. I was wondering that because it did look quite good, and then I noticed a few people posted pictures online, and I was I was wondering is that the Australian jacket? So it sort of had me for, uh, and and I'm not I'm not being facetious and not joking. It did have me until the sex scene. Because so that's ten minutes. Yeah, that's ten whole <laughs> minutes. Definitely. It was about it was about ten or twelve minutes, and then I just I really did think I don't need to watch this. And I, my housemate was uh, typing something on a computer and sort of just looked up, and I just hit, heard her go, "Oh." And then she went back to typing. <laughs> and that sort of summed it up quite perfectly because I don't think, like when people think of Hawk, I don't think they think of, like we think of the yard glasses and we think of him as this Aussie bloke, but I, I don't actually think that people care about his sex life as much as him and, uh, him and Blanche would like they, to believe. They spent, they spent more time on that sex scene oh. than they spent on the whole floating the Australian well, dollar. Well, this is, this, is the, this is my exact thing, that, that was, they spent so much time in the lead-up to that, in the actual act itself, and then the morning after, that then you glossed over these actual great moments, like floating the dollar, the no child in poverty, his daughter as a heroin addict, and, then, and, and a lot of his achievements, so much so that when you got to the, which only Brett made it to the end, but when you got to the end, they rolled before the credits a list of all the stuff. Hope you did this and this. Yeah, that he'd achieved, and they had swelling music, and you were watching that getting a bit of a chill, thinking, why didn't you show us these things? These were the really genuine achievements that could have sort of shed light on the man, and that I sort of learnt more about him in that credit role than I did in the whole movie. I think maybe the Australian TV drama production Industry has been affected by the underbellyization oh. of everything, and so everything's got to have a salacious tilt to it. And if you, if if it means that you you miss the major points yeah. of, of the bio of the person you're yeah. doing, then so be it. So you got to get some tits in there. I, I could. That's exactly what I thought. I thought that there is a there is a Channel Ten executive going. Have we got tits? Can we get them in there? Get them in there early. But like, it's kind of hilarious. So the idea the, the, the political we, story has to become kid. underbelly. Like it has <laughs> yeah. to be that. Yeah. You have to sort of change it. No, I, I, have, I, have we got tits? No, we've got Kim Beasley without a shirt on. <laughs> Will that do? Yeah. That was what all of Underbelly Two was about. It wasn't mm. really about drugs or, or crime no. or anything. It's just yeah. You know, I'm going to say that I, I missed the existence of this altogether, which I, I feel quite shamed I didn't even know it was being made oh what, really what, what was the oh now that you've got Japanese citizenship <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah no 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 just, I'd, I'd never heard of it being made I was surprised that, you know, I mean, on the night obviously I was watching Fugitive Lawyer on, on Fuji TV but um <laughs> Uh, what what was the what was the kind of um, approach they took though? Were they trying to say here's a great man? Were they trying to say here's oh, a bastard? Was there a particular the one thing? Deal? I the one thing I'm I'm almost sure that they've had to get Hawks for legal reason Hawks permission and Blanche's permission and potentially Hazel because I. It, it it was. I think Hazel's dead. I oh, think Hazel. Oh, sorry, I apologize. Other than that, or she's she's not with it. Okay, well, I, yeah. I sincerely apologize for that. Um, but the because it was very it was very uncritical of their relationship, and it did focus so much on their relationship. And um, I don't know. I just thought there's such great. If you ever watch, there's a fantastic documentary from sort of about ten years ago called Labor in Power that is about those years, and you've got all which the, was that was uh, genius. And, 
excellent. And, and and I think what they what how they got the magic there was that it was made before they left power. But yeah. everybody was assuming they were going to lose that ninety three election. That's right. Yeah. So they were really they were talking spilling. honestly. And yeah. yeah. So n- news just at hand: Hazel Hawk is not dead. Hey! She's got de- she's she got was. dementia. Though. <laughs> Sorry, she got dementia. Oh, she's had she's had dementia for for uh, a, so a while, but she wouldn't be able to give. Uh, she may have actually died of shock after seeing that sex scene last night. Oh. <laughs> um, but I just felt like it's there's so many great characters of that era that they that they really glossed over them. I I, I was stunned reading the credits because I, uh, uh, Josh Lawson was in there yeah. with the beard, and that yeah. explained why I kept on seeing him around yeah. town with that that scraggly little beard. I figured that he was playing Gareth Evans. So did I. I, and, so who, and, and so who was and he? Bill Nile? No, it was Gary Nile. Gar- I wrote it down. It was Gary. It was. Uh, it wasn't Gary. No, you might be right that it was Bill Nile. I wrote it down somewhere. He was. Um, I don't remember him at all. He, like I was, I was quite, you know, active and, and aware. He was Hawks. Uh, it was Grant Nile. He was Hawks' chief advisor, and you, I imagine that you're thinking of the same scene that I was thinking of, where Hawk, uh, once he got into power and was having family problems, he went back to meet uh, to have a night with Blanche, even though they hadn't seen each other. And it was arranged by his advisor, Grant Nile. I think his communications manager, was it? Or See, it's hard to know because know, it wasn't no. made clear. And so I did assume it was Gareth Evans. And it's sort of now knowing it's not Gareth Evans has unfortunately ruined the next scene for me because I thought they'd gone to Gareth Evans' hotel room and Bob said, ah, leave us alone, will you, mate? And he went into the bathroom, and while Bob and Blanche are having sex, he sat with one of those 80s Walkmans on, <laughs> on the toilet, listening to Run to Paradise. Oh. And if there, I That's mean, the, finally history has recognised the choir boys <laughs> for the role that they've played in Australian politics. Oh, but God. I was very, my housemate also Googled it and said, I'm really sorry, it's not Gareth Evans. And that disappointed me a little bit. I wanted it to be Gareth Evans. That, that would have been fantastic. Yeah. He was leader of the Senate. How did he not figure in it at all? The only way he figured in it was that he was referenced that he was over in Jakarta during the vote. Well, the, the, No, no, he went off his own accord. <laughs> not Jamaica. Well, the greater question is how did Howard not feature in it? Like, he, I think there was mention of him, but I don't, we never saw an actual... Well, Peacock was the leader at that election. Again, this could that, come back to people giving permission in, in some ways, I yeah. assume. You know, presumably you can show them doing the things in public, but I guess the minute you show a private... Yeah. Uh, characterization. No, you can because you, you can do. It's a. It's a public figure. It's a fictionalization. It's a dramatization. It's not an actual documentary. So no one's actually saying this person did this, this, and this. If you if you have a this is based on actual events at the at the front of it. Because uh, of course, in real life, Blanche never showed. Bob, he's her tits. <laughs> that's that, that's one of the things that they've just changed well, why, completely. Well, uh, they, were, they actually, cut loose a bit with the sex scene. Well, afterwards, she did have the L-shaped sheet that was uh, up around her bust. While we're while we're talking about uh, w- women's roles in this uh, in this telly movie, Hazel Hawke, who I think everyone will agree, a very strong Australian mm. figure, yeah, very much loved yeah. amongst uh, Australian people yeah. and. Uh, and and uh, we feel very strongly about her, uh, and we also know that she did some wonderful, wonderful yeah. things. 
in this film, her entire role was to come and give Bob bad news. Yeah, so, you're, yeah you're actually right. Uh, yeah. Ha- Hazel's on the phone. Uh, Bob, your mum's in hospital. Yeah. Oh, Hazel wants to talk to you. What is it, Hazel? Oh, your mum's just died. Yeah. Oh, Hazel wants to talk to you. What is it, Hazel? Oh, our, da- our daughter has had a stillborn child and she's a heroin addict. Yeah. Well, that's the. I mean, that's very much the sort of early Aaron Sorkin way of putting females yes. into um, make them this sort of expositionary character who then stands there looking very sad, and is the sort of also the moral sort of centre of it as well. Well, there was no, there was no. Uh, Hazel wants to speak to you. What is it, Hazel? Oh, Australia 2's just won the America's yeah, yeah. Cup. <laughs> Absolutely. But that was my I mean that was my problem is that these great moments were just so glossed over. I didn't it, you could have so easily done six episodes of this or two 90-minute specials and I think people would have kept watching it but it felt honestly the but way not at the level they did it. What's do you mean at the le- production I it, level? I think or? it had to be so much better than than what it was to actually be able to sustain to have people or, hanging. I think on. it needed to be to be sustain better than what, what it was, was to, yeah. to sustain two hours. Yeah, you, you may be right. Yeah, it was. It, it definitely wasn't good enough to sustain two well, hours. It was very much. It was very much like I honestly felt at one stage because it also did that sort of. Uh, Tarantino thing of jumping back and forward in yep. time while sort of also moving very fast forward. You sort of felt like you were watching so an Apex twin <laughs> film clip at one stage. It started at the end when Hawkey was dead and then went back and, and you know, you finished off the film thinking he's still alive. It was it was very peculiar stuff. It was very... I, f- I found it very hard to follow. And and how little Keating really featured in it well, that as was, the character in, in the production. I mean, I think, it, well, that's, I think that that's a drastic misjudgment because well, if you look at the success of Keating the musical and um, the way that it toured around and then played on ABC one and two, yeah, yeah. That and pe- his theatricality yeah. in the Parliament, also that God, what was that set they used for the new Parliament House in in the chamber? Oh, yeah. it was the wrong colour green. The light was all wrong. Actually, and there was uh, nobody on the opposition uh, benches. They didn't do any research though, Brett. So for 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 an entire production company who didn't do any research, I think they got the colours pretty. Close. <laughs> the, well, uh, the the thing with the thing with Keating is obviously they must have known that that's where the story of interest was because yeah. that's all they had in the ads in yeah. the lead up to it. Blanche didn't feature at all in the ads. Well, that that's one of the bizarre things. And that Keating was so – he didn't age throughout the show. He stayed <laughs> the same throughout the show. If anything, he the actually – Peter Pan of Parliament. Yeah, he got a bit younger and as it went on. But I felt it was sort of – because obviously so much of Hawke's power was about him and Keating together. And that really was never – there was that wasn't expanded on at all. And am I forgetting something? But, but did it completely neglect to mention the first challenge from Keating? It – it mentioned it as an afterthought after it had happened. He said, I'm not, I won't go back to the backbench, I'll go to Europe or something like that. So it was sort of mentioned, but it was expected that you would just understand what happened because he also said something about the bloke that took over as treasurer from him, uh, I forget his name, that how useless he was and that Hawke couldn't win an election was having it, him there. Simon Crane? Surely trying to fit like a whole... <laughs> it wasn't Crane. Was it Crane? No, I forget the bloke's Crane name. He wasn't in Parliament yet. Trying to fit a whole career, though, into a telly movie is a, I mean, it's a stupid idea anyways. I mean, really, you'd be better off choosing one specific moment in Hawke's but then yes. career and choose, actually... Choose the, or, you know, choose the last... Yeah, two months. Take a take a page out of the book of that that guy who who's written that Tony Blair trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and also wrote Frost Nixon. Yeah, choose uh, the moment, and then let's learn and let's about the characters focus, through that. Focus yeah. on that. A three month period of going through some kind of trial mm-hmm. and finishing with some kind of denouement. Yeah, abs- absolutely. It's, you know, a 
first year screenwriter could do that. And I suppose my other thing was because you do when you watch these, including like the underbellies, you do sort of look at the characters and think you spend a lot of time going, how much do they look like the person? And no, I'd say mostly they got it right. Like I actually thought if we've, we have been quite negative, but I thought Roxburgh was really good. Like it was just a shame that the script didn't. He could have done so much more with so much of a better script. Most, yes. Mostly wig work there. There was one. <laughs> oh no, no, no. He's, he's, a, he's a great actor. As, he did some great stuff. But as far as the impersonation of Hawk, there was one scene where he was holding his earlobe. Which there was Hawk, right. he did all the time. Yeah. No, no, I don't know if he did. If he actually did that all the time, or that's just the way Max Gillies would have no, us no, believe no, no, no. it. I remember. He never then, said Judy, Judy, Judy. Why not, why not get Max Gillies in to do it? He could have done all of them. <laughs> <laughs> that, now, that is something that I would watch. Yeah. But the, what, Ma- Max Gillies and, uh, and Jerry Connolly. But there were some very weird ones. Like the, it, they, they sort of, the casting went a bit strange at one stage. You probably noticed, Brett. When he went to see his dad, his dad looked sort of Jerry unnecessarily Norris. like Malcolm Fraser. <laughs> Like it was quite confusing when he <laughs> talked to his dad, but then the to, to set- me, to me, he looked like a, a mix between Malcolm Fraser and Sir Eric Pierce. You're right, actually. And then the second one that really stumped me, that I'm sure stumped a lot of people, that I, I don't know the backstories of this, but Hawk, when he was going to ch- when he was going to challenge, went to see some Jewish bloke at Parliament House, and mm. the Jewish bloke looked like Laurie Oakes. So <laughs> you sort of had him seeing this. He looked the Jewish bloke looked like Laurie Oakes. Being played by or playing a rabbi in a Cohen Brothers movie, I, I, I saw that because I think it was actually the Great Synagogue in, in in Sydney, and and I saw that and I went, oh, there's a bit of Hawkey I never knew. Didn't know he's Jewish. That, exactly. It's like, why is he talking to this rabbi? It makes no sense <laughs> was, in the story. The character has not been set up. Yeah. Who is this guy? And then you never saw him again. No, it was very peculiar. It was very, so sort of. I think that was a problem that it just sped so much through these moments that you never got any sort of substance or any sense of the great. Because I think that that period had such great characters, and I. But then I also think to sort of round it off that we. I think that. Like we, we, it's we are reasonable, being very reasonable in our criticism, but I think that ten would just be patting themselves on the back because one point six million on a Sunday night. That Sunday night's become a very weird sort of time slot yes. for a lot of. No one knows whether to put movies. They put your gen there for a while. Nobody really knows what to do with it. They'd be thinking this is great. We got one point six million, and then the, they had the leading into the interview afterwards. So they would probably be happy with it. I imagine. Yeah, they they would be happy with it, but can we like next time they have a big television <laughs> event? Can we trust them? No, no, we can't. No, we 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 absolutely cannot trust them. Who produced it? I knew you were going to ask that, and I did look in the credits, and I have unfortunately forgotten. I I think something up. I think <laughs> I think the answer to that is dumb shitheads who had no idea what we wanted. And can I just say my one final snarky comment of the whole thing? Did you manage? Did you make it to the interview, Brett? No, because it won't. Because I I had a uh, a technical snafu and had to switch to the online. Ah, oh, of course. Uh, well, the the they'd had an interview with Hawk and Blanche afterwards, and Blanche was obviously in a day quite an attractive woman and a successful writer. Well, I saw them both on seven thirty. Looked a lot like Asha Ketty. The, the she's, she's so the Botox and, is, and lips. Out her to... face is bloated with Botox. Oh. She the only thing I could think of when I was looking at her was the Nazi with the melting face in Indiana Jones. Because <laughs> she's so shiny. It looks like she's got glad wrap all over her face. It was extraordinary. Anyway, 
that that oh, that's the one slightly nasty thing. What do you I think? Do you think slightly, yeah, slightly like, nasty? You know, when when you had that that uh, that uh, sentimental moment between when he's Hawkey killed and Hazel and you just <laughs> said the Blanche looks like a melting Nazi. But that that sentimental moment between Hazel and and Hawkey, where they were, where he goes, oh, you know, we we had such great plans. We had a good time when we were young, and that was all the the AC two U years. Yeah, it and was. the way that it just glossed, glossed over, over that yeah. was. There, yeah. there was yeah. no sentimentality about that for the viewer at all. Yeah, absolutely. So, so the, the, the take-home lesson for anyone doing a future telemovie biopic yeah. for Channel 10, yeah. pick a moment, yes. stick to it, yeah. and uh, these are, sorry, a la Masterchef, these are the three take-home messages. <laughs> pick a moment, stick to it, yeah. make sure the characters are interesting. Yeah. And just and maybe lay off the Botox a little bit. <laughs> Josh, it's not if, that if, hard. If I want to not watch Hawk, where can I not watch it? Uh, you can not watch it uh, 10.com.au. on 10.com.au. You yeah. can If you just stay away from that website, you'll easily not see Hawk. And where can you not hear from me? You can not hear from you in future episodes of Box Cutters until you come on next. Oh, okay. Phew. Got myself out of that one. Uh, but you can hear you. It's just getting yeah. weird. Uh, on the Sweetest Plum podcast, which if you search for the Sweetest Plum on iTunes, yeah, just go to yeah, just go to iTunes, just go to iTunes, search for the Sweetest, search for the sweetest Plum. Sweetest plum. It's comedy. Yeah, it is comedy. Hit the comedy thing, and I, I actually think we pop up on the front page now. For oh, la did you pay for that? No, I have not handed over a cent to iTunes. Oh, you know so what? Just being in then. the TV and film <laughs> area, it, it is amazing what one can achieve when one stays up all night uh, drinking beer and clicking subscribe over and over <laughs> on your Mac. Oh, perhaps uh, we could pay you $10 to do that for bots. <laughs> I'm very happy to do that. Declan Fay of the Sweetest Plum Podcast, thank you so much for joining us on Box Cutters and telling us all about Hawk. Thank, well, and I just want to thoroughly enjoy this podcast. I know people say that, but I do listen to it and I've listened to it for a while. And I do, I genuinely, I think you do, I think you do TV and Australian TV genuinely very well. Bless you, sir, because people do say that, yeah. and they are generally lying, but well, I know that you're saying the truth. Ge- well, because you used to record in the studio next to us, and we were sort of like, what are they building in there? Like, <laughs> so I listened to it to find out, and I was, I was thoroughly impressed. Thanks so much, DF. Okay, question three. Which Gareth, can I- are all these going to be about war? No. i got loads of... i got one on tennis, one on the Suez Canal. Loads. Okay, question three. Which canal links the Mediterranean with the Red Sea? Box Congratulations to the winner of last week's quiz. What did they win? They won the Nurse Jackie Season 1 box set. That's an impressive box set. To Are you win. sure it's it Season is. 1? Yeah. Yes. Are you sure? There is no Season 3 of Nurse Jackie. <laughs> Just thought I'd check. Absolutely sure it's Season 1. The winner. What was the question? Well, the question was can you answer this correctly, Gordon McKirk? Okay, and did Gordon McKirk answer it correctly? Yes! <laughs> well done, Gordon McKirk. I know. Uh, it was, it was uh, can you name uh, two actors who appear together in Nurse Jackie who also appeared together in another TV series? Name the actors, name the TV series. That's a confusing question. Well, it's a good prize. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. It's a good prize. The answer was Edie Falco and Paul Schultz both appeared in The Sopranos and Nurse Jackie. And Gordon McCurk correctly answered that and was chosen at random to win the box set of <laughs> Nurse Jackie. 
Which die was it that you uh, used for that one, Josh? Uh, that was, was it your D20? That, I, it was a series. Your D100. It was, it was my D100. There's actually all my die are, uh, are, are gone at the moment, so I, I have to put things into it. Oh, you sent them off for cleaning. I have to, you just used them so much. <laughs> they're gunked up. No, I took them out of my bag, and I don't know where I put them. <gasps> no. That's a tragic story. I know. I know. Maybe the kitten uh, ate them. I don't. Ha- I don't have a kitten unless John's kitten ate them. Not since it. Neko Chan, Kawaii. <laughs> that means cute cat. Yeah, that's the only other thing I know. Right, right. Not not as useful as you. Uh, think. Gordon, I will be in touch uh, in the coming days to tell you how you can receive your Nurse Jackie box set. If you watch one thing. Oh, and I, uh, I forgot to say uh, thanks very much to Sanity.com.au for supplying us with that excellent prize. That was fairly generous of them. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are you saying? Are you saying? are you saying they could have given us something else? Are you saying they could no, have given no, us something saying, better? Could have given us like, season three if they'd really tried, huh? It, it seemed well balanced, the plague for the, the box set. They're fairly balanced, fairly generous. <laughs> well, we, we did it for Crumpler. Generous and a we, fair... We we did it with Crumpler for, for years. Yeah. And they were just giving away little pouches that, was that nobody wanted. perfectly adequate, I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's our what I call are, reasonable. Our listeners are the winners. We'll try not to, to let uh, the, the advertise, advertising and, and, uh, and just outright commerce uh, overtake the content on this show Oh, it's much. the anti-siphoning rule on box cutters. That's, uh, what, that's what he's it, upset about. Is, is, that, is that what's happening? Because box cutters used to be free, but now we, <laughs> now we ask people if they could spare some bucks you, so we can actually get it to them You faster. can still, Brett, though. You can still no, go to the pub and listen to it on someone else's Walkman. That's, you can. That's still Unless you're Muslim. Yeah. Unless you're Muslim, in which case you're not allowed to use a Walkman. Because you're boxing. I'm, yes. far, I'm fine if we bring in ads that I have to fast forward. That's, that's <laughs> fine by me. Just as long as I'm not actually having to send off a check hey, to Mr. box cutters to have a listen to them every Mr. month. Mr. Cropley, if you were watching One Thing, what would you watch? This week, I would watch My One Thing would be uh, on SBS on Wednesday night at 8.30pm. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the Tony Robinson uh, new three-parter. Tony Robinson from uh, uh, Blackadder and, and uh, Dirty hey. Jobs and, and all those things. Time Squad uh, or whatever Maid, it's called. Maid Marian and Her Merry Men. Uh, no. No, it's... Uh, yes, yes, he is from Maid <laughs> Marian oh, oh, and no. Her Merry Sorry. Men. <laughs> I thought you were guessing what my one thing was. No, no. I thought, we, I thought the whole game was just let's list things that Tony <laughs> Robinson was in. <laughs> no, this is The Unexplained. Oh, sounds spooky. What's his, what is he unexplaining? You'll have to watch. Are you, so you're saying SBS? I don't have the notes in front of me. SBS one. SBS one. Yeah. At eight thirty. Not East West one hundred and one series two. No. Oh, well, it's my calendar I've must got, be wrong. Wait a minute. It might be ABC. That. Hang sounds, on. Let me let me verify yeah, that. Yeah. Why don't you verify you, that? You tell us what you're going to watch. <laughs> okay, John. Uh, no, no, after you. Oh, no, no. me? Yeah. Me? Uh, I'm actually going to watch the uh, start of the new season of Review with Miles Barlow. On oh, ABC yeah. Two on Thursday night at nine thirty. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my one thing: uh, Tuesday night, ten PM on Fuji TV, <laughs> Fugitive Lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> 
Are you going back to Japan? <laughs> that's, that's what I'll be watching. Now, the uh, plot for Fugitive Lawyer, which I now have here, Makoto Narita is a lawyer framed for murder, arson, and embezzlement. On the run while searching for the real murderer, he helps the people what, what who... About, come- hang on, what about the real arsonist and embezzler? <laughs> no, he doesn't mind about them. <laughs> They're less important. On the run while searching for the real murderer, he helps the people he comes across using his legal background. <laughs> That's the greatest. That's the greatest takeoff of the littlest hobo I've ever heard. <laughs> and it's based on a manga, so, oh. so you presume you read, read along at home. <laughs> but no, sorry, I, I say read along, and, and people watching on the on the podcast, visual this, podcast. This, I, this, I was doing this, yeah, but of course, if you're reading along at home in Japan, you'd be reading would, like this. Yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's, that's true. Now, now, just, uh, <clears throat> just, uh, uh, it's very, it's very confusing when you get a. a a Japanese manga and it's translated into English, but but the oh, the, the panels are still yeah, yeah. the Japanese way, and it's like which which way do I start? I where, do, where do I start? And What's then it's all tentacle on? porn, which is also very confusing. I know, uh, which I just uh, freaks me out. Wednesday twenty first, Octop- octopus rape is just we don't need that in our it's comics. It's not always rape; sometimes it's actually consensual. Oh, nice. Wednesday the twenty first of July, SBS one and SBS HD unexplained. Glastonbury, Tony Robinson right. and science journalist Becky McCall step into the unknown to investigate whether past paranormal events should be taken seriously or dumped into history's litter bin in this three-part series. So um, where's the uh, East West 101 series? So it's, it's completely disregarding uh, cool. the, the Doctor and uh, and the uh, the special little entrance to whatever it was there. The Pandora. Uh, uh, yes, yes. Sonic Screwdriver. No. The Pandora opens. Mm-hmm. Hey. So, someone managed to make that sound hey. dirty within minutes of it happening. It's, okay. Yeah. 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 Keep it oh. in the bedroom. So you thought East West 101 was on a Wednesday uh, night at on SBS? Maybe it's on SBS too. Maybe my calendar's wrong. Mm, no, cycling, 2.10 uh, at 8.35. The right. Tour de France highlights uh, on SBS too. Uh, maybe I missed a change somewhere along the lines. I maybe. don't know. Something's wrong somewhere. The ads look nice, fun, interesting. Yeah, watch those things. Yeah. Mark them in your eyes. No, the Stuff. ads for, I explained, I, for the series. I think this segment's gone on long enough. Oh, but also, uh, <laughs> Sydney Homicide is uh, returning at the same time. Sydney Homicide? Sydney yeah, you homicide. know her. She's that blonde woman who solves crimes. Oh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's hot. Hey, um, when I cast my pod, it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. Mm. Uh, it's just enough time I'm gonna open to try the wasabi oh, Kit Kat. I'm opening what? a wasabi Kit Kat. Well, we're opening. Uh, just a, a quick uh, double double giveaway opportunity uh, this week. Except no. that there's <laughs> just the giveaway. Go on. Okay. There's another uh, giveaway that's not part of the... It's green. That's weird. Well, it's wasabi flavor, isn't it? So crop, keep talking roughly. Am I, I going to try he it? Can't, oh, he can't talk. He can't do th- two things at once. Uh, Joseph Pirelli has uh, been producing a new film called Ricky the Movie. It's, uh, it's, it's a mockumentary about uh, an 80s pop idol type who's uh, making a comeback. And uh, lots of cameos and uh, the like. Another friend of Box Cutters, Wilbur Wilde, is uh, doing a little cameo in there. Okay, um, get to the giveaway. Should be, should be lots of fun. Uh, we have two double passes to the 6.30pm screening for two lucky Box Cutters listeners uh, at the Classic Cinema in Elstonwick. Um, they'll be going onto the guest list. Uh, the the major 
premiere at 8.30 is uh, unfortunately sold out, but uh, it will be continuing on. How can they win? How can they win? Send an email to hooray. Are you going to deal with this? X, Are you going to deal with this? Because i got no information about it at all. Dot. Dot net. <laughs> I'll get the right address. Um, and uh, what do you reckon? I, I reckon you deal with First it. First two? Because I know nothing about it. First two? First two into Hooray. First two into HoorayBoxCutters.net. We'll get a double pass to see. Double pass to the 6.30 screening at the Elstonwick Classic to see Ricky the movie. And now I'm going to try it with some okay. Kit Kat. We each have one. Ooh. They smell funny. I know you they want to hear They smell like white chocolate. They just smell like white chocolate. Oh, mine's burning my fingertips already. <laughs> oh. Here you go. Oh. <laughs> oh. Okay. So I think it's in the wafers. God. Um. So what you get? So so it's a, it's a light green Kit Kat with um mostly white chocolate, uh and. Instead of having the malty thing between the wafers, there's a tiny bit of wasabi, and it just hits you after a second. Uh, it's really, really weird. I think mine's a dud. Yes. <clears throat> oh, do you want no, to try, no. try, try mine? No, no, I, I think it's a subtle thing. <laughs> oh, that's weird. I don't think there's as much wasabi as in the wasabi peas that you might be a fan mm. of in the bars around town. I'm not disliking it's, this. It's definitely not as hot as the wasabi peas. I don't like it because it's mostly white chocolate. As we all know, white chocolate. Is the devil's spunk. <laughs> so there's nothing in that for me at all. I got I got nothing. White chocolate is just sugar and fat. It's just cocoa butter. It's it's bullshit. There's, but there's no actual chocolate in there. There's no chocolate in it. No. I'm liking the wasabi Kit Kat. You can have the wasabi Kit Kat. It's all yeah, yours. It's, up it's, the Kit Kat. It's, it's it's all yours. That brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode two hundred and thirty three. It was a very strange journey. <laughs> I'm glad you joined us. Uh, thanks very much to Deli Baker, who uh, joined us to talk about the TAC ad. Thanks also to Declan Fay for coming in and talking about Hawk, as well as watching all of it with no prior warning from us. You can find more of him at uh, the Sweetest Plum. I took podcast. that bullet as well. For, for the listeners, for the just uh, by the way, I don't think I mentioned the date. Friday, the July the 30th is that uh, Ricky... The movie screen ah. at the Ulster Classic. Oh, I hit a hot bit. The 30th of... I think it's in pockets. Yeah, it's, it's in little pockets. It's in, in, in little pockets. In between the uh, wafers. And uh, if... Uh, from full. <laughs> if you're not... Uh, if, if you're not... If you don't end up getting the tickets to, to Ricky, I'm going to go Check see uh, Toy Story 3 and Alice in Wonderland at the Astor. So oh, you're, you're so going to cry. I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Because Croppy's going to sit behind you and it whack just, you in the back just of whack head. me constantly. <laughs> no, I hear that, that adult males are, are really losing it at Toy Story 3. Oh, because it's all about yeah, growing up and growing old and everything's it's, going oh, wrong. It's a little Jackie Paper and, and Puff the Magic Dragon all over and again. testicular cancer. And it's, it's just horrible. It's very, <laughs> very sad. It's a very sad cartoon. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. Oh, oh, hang on. Wait. What? Wait. So we had the end of the greatest TV characters of all time. We had the end of the voting. Oh, yeah. Uh, votes are being uh, tabulated as we speak. With a tabulator. With a tabulator. Unfortunately, Anthony Green, very busy at the moment. <laughs> uh, so it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a few weeks before Didn't we, he die? we announce them. What the <laughs> hell? What session you have? Oh, sorry. Andrew Ollie. Not everyone what can be dead, Brett. Not everyone this can be dead. This is how it started with Eartha Kitt. This is exactly how it started with Eartha Kitt. 
I think long-term box cutters listeners know that I do not have the power of killing people, unlike well, Josh does. We'll uh, we'll continue our journey through the greatest characters of all time in the uh, next week and, and in the coming weeks, uh, but. Uh, Expect the announcement in uh, a few weeks. I think uh, mm. Saturday night, August 21st, I think we're going to announce it just because nothing else is happening <laughs> No, uh, that time. So uh, we've got a good pocket that uh, I think from 6pm onwards we can just start announcing stuff. So we're going we're gonna to do that then. Yep, yep. Oh, we didn't mention at all the, the electron coverage. Isn't it weird that, that uh, Grown Nation is, is right next to the uh, Yes We Canberra from The Chaser no. on Wednesday nights? That they both start on the twenty uh, eighth. That's where July. comedy lives, isn't it? Isn't it where the comedy lives? It is Wednesday night. That's yeah. Just makes perfect sense to me. I don't find it weird at all. They're not if doing it... anything with Spicks and Specs. What would you do? Nothing <laughs> touches Spicks and Specs. Oh, why, sh- why should it? Or puts it in the corner. No one puts Spicks and Specs in the corner until next week. My name is Josh Canal. I'm John Richards. I continue to be Brett Cropley. You see Thanks how we're both going the bus cutters. Catch us again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Bus cutters. Box Cutters thanks 3RRR, whose studios we use to record this podcast pretty much each and every week. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you're in the Melbourne metro area. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go onto the iTunes Music Store or anywhere else you find us and leave a review. It will help other people find Box Cutters and then they can enjoy it too. Email us at hooray at boxcutters.net or via SMS on 0458 288 837. That's 0458 Cutter. Hey, big parochial news. Yeah. Uh, Joss Whedon is in Melbourne for the Writers' oh, Festival. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 27th of August, Melbourne Town Hall for Melbourne Writers' Festival. Joss Whedon doing keynote speech, as far as I know. It's sold out already. It has. So, it's, it's, sold out, it's sold out quicker than the Billy Joel concerts in 1989. <laughs> that's, so, is, that's is that why one. the Muppets are here? What? Is that why the Muppets are here as well, for the Writers' Festival? No. No? No, they're just here because it's off-season. No one knows about them, Brett. It's oh. secret. It's secret. Oh. It's secret. That's oh. totally secret. I can't open my green tea Kit Kat. Hey, Luke, let me do it for you. Just keep. You know. Oh, John can't do it either. Here, pass it over to him. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Gutters. <laughs>